DJ PK brought to you in part by SNS Roofing. SNS Roofing is your locally owned roof repair expert for a free quote and for all your roofing needs. Call SNS Roofing. Time to welcome back Mark Madsen, UVU men's basketball coach, former Laker. He joins us now to talk a little NBA playoffs. Mark, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Good. So, Mark, how were the first-round picks? Did you nail it? You pick all the higher seeds, you pick a bunch of upsets, and now you feel like you don't know what's going on. No, I mean, look, the Lakers are out. So, so you guys know I didn't nail it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, look, Phoenix played well. Obviously, the Clippers are, are playing at a high level with Kawhi Leonard uh, playing the way he is. So it's been, it's been fun to watch. It's been fun to see just the, the guys that have elevated their level of play during the playoffs. Speaking of that elevated level of play, you've been there. How much does the intensity and everything ratchet up between the first and second rounds? Because that's where we're at now. It definitely ratchets up, number one, from the regular season to the first round, and then on to the second, on to the conference finals. It just gets more and more intense every time. The stakes are higher. There's more pressure. There's just more pressure, and that's that's kind of where you see how how players and, and teams deal with the pressure. I've been incredibly impressed with the Jazz, with the Utah Jazz, and, and how well they've played, how well they've looked. Um, look, there was a scare early on with Memphis. John ja Morant, you know, played had a, had a great showing throughout the series. Uh, that that early loss that the Jazz had, but you got to give a lot of credit to the Utah Jazz for the way they bounced back and. And played so well against Memphis. I'm always intrigued by what you say about pressure. And not just you. I mean, lots of people say about pressure. You know, and suddenly, someone who sits there and shoots 100 free throws and makes a really high percentage, now it's the exact same thing, but now there's pressure. So, man, the arm is wavering, and they shoot at 13 and a half feet, or they shoot at about 17 feet and slam it off the backboard. And these crazy things happen. But there are other people who look at pressure as opportunity, and they get excited, and it's like, it's the best. Of course there's pressure. Because there's, there's an opportunity to do something great. And you can walk into a locker room and probably go, that guy's nervous, that guy's nervous, that guy's fired up and excited, that guy's nervous, that guy's excited. <laughs> and like, how, why is that? And can you talk people who are nervous into letting that go and being excited? It's not about, hey, you're going to fail. Hey, you're about to succeed in a big way. That's awesome. <laughs> the this, this sports psychology of basketball or of any sport is fascinating to me because I honestly believe that most players get, have some level of nervousness before every game. I remember the first time I started in the playoffs, we were, I was playing for the Lakers and I, Bill Jackson had me starting against the Timberwolves and I was guarding Kevin Garnett. I was nervous. I was nervous before the game. I think Shaquille could sense that. And he literally came up to me and he said, Hey, don't try to do too much out there. Don't try to do too little. And, and you know, just having, having a teammate say that to me, it, it helped me. You know, because the tendency when you play with a superstar is, especially when the pressure is high, is they're going to they're gonna do it. Just give them space. They're going to do it. But then if you're Shaq or Kobe, they, they hated that because then double teams could come, you know, sit in the paint, clog the lane, double team Shaq on the post. And, and they needed all the other players to step up. Um, and so, you know, you look at Mike Conley played pretty well in the playoffs, I thought. 
Uh, Rudy Gobert just is a dominant defensive force. It's been fun to watch those guys. And then, you know, the Clippers are fresh in my mind because of yesterday's game. I mean, Kawhi Leonard under pressure for two games in a row, game six and game seven, really stepped up his game. And so th- this series, with the Utah Jazz with the Clippers, is going to be a great series. I'm picking Utah. I'm picking Utah to win it, uh, mainly because of Gobert. I-, I think defensively, Gobert does so much on the court, and he just makes it so tough on other teams' offensive schemes. Okay, so Mark B, you're you're a coach now, and you're going. Uh, you basically articulated what you thought of the Jazz from the defensive perspective with Gobert, and it's hard to argue all that. But now you're 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 Ty Lue, and I'm wondering what you think they do as far as who they're playing because they bounced around a little bit in the playoffs at the guard line. I mean, they had Beverly starred, then they didn't play him, and they put Jackson in there. So I assume Jackson is going to be the guy to, to get the majority of the minutes. But then their front line, you know, they got the Zubac. Uh, he started three of the games, three of the seven. And then uh, Batum started four of the seven. Uh, and then you had, the obviously, Leonard and George are going to play and play big minutes. But then Morris also started all seven. So as far as how much concern do you think that the, the Jazz should have, or from the Clipper perspective, should they go with the smaller lineup and have guys like a Morris who can shoot a three and Batum who can shoot a three and pull Gobert away from the bucket? What do you think is going to happen there, and how should each team approach that? That's a great question. If, I, if I'm the Utah Jazz right now, you're, you're trying to figure out who the Clippers are going to start and which lineups they're going to go with. Conversely, if you're the Clippers, basketball is an interesting sport because uh, from the coaching side, I've been on you know the Lakers staff for six years now as a head coach at Utah Valley. A lot of times you go with what's been working. <laughs> you, you, you see what's been working and you say to yourself, hey, we're not deviating from that unless we have to, in which case we will adjust. If I'm the Clippers, a couple things. Kawhi Leonard has an unbelievable mid-range pull-up, and so if you do go big with a Zubak, you're trying to free up Kawhi a little bit for that mid-range pull-up because that's one of his best shots. But going small and really stretching the floor out worked incredibly well against Dallas, and so that's probably the direction I think the Clippers are going to go try to pull Rudy away from the basket. So one thing about coaching, and uh, you know, you kind of touch on it there, you know, you go with what is working, but you'll always hear coaches and you'll hear veterans say, hey, it's early in a series. Because to a certain degree, these questions aren't any more answerable for them than they are for us. And so there's a little bit of, hey, let's throw some stuff against the wall, try this in this quarter, try that in this quarter, try this against their starters, try this against their bench, and just figure out what is working. And I mean, that sounds super simple, but when I start watching games one, two, sometimes even three of a playoff series, I think that's what I'm seeing. There's no question that happens. There's no question. The decision that Ty Lu made to not play Beverly as much, that, that's a gutsy decision. Because <clears throat> Patrick Beverly, he can flat out play the game. He's a great defender. He's scrappy. He, he, he makes a difference. You know, you look at the Utah Jazz, you look at the, the, the three-point shooting that they have. I mean, the Jazz have done an unbelievable job of constructing that roster uh, to, to have plenty of shooting. And then also, 
the, co- the coaching staff has done a great job of putting the Jazz players in positions that, that allow them to, to be the most successful. You look at a guy like uh, Niang. I mean, Niang was bouncing around early in his career in, in the NBA. He, he might have played overseas a year or two. He, he was bouncing around. He never really stuck. And now he, he put together a good, a very strong season for the Jazz. He helped the Jazz a lot. Um, Royce O'Neal. Kind of a under the radar guy coming out. I mean, give a lot of credit to that to the Jazz organization for constructing the roster the way that they have. From the coaching perspective, how comfortable would you be with what Quinn Snyder has done in terms of somebody like a Jordan Clarkson, who has a green light at any time, and if the ball's going in, great. But if it's not, it's not like Quinn pulls back the green light. Is that a hard thing to do to just basically relinquish everything to the player in that way? I think that's part of what makes Quinn Snyder great. Some NBA coaches they try to hold those reins so tight. They hold the reins too tight, and it stifles the players. I coached Jordan Clarkson for a couple of years in L.A., and he's a guy, when he's in a flow, he's, he's close to unstoppable at times on the court. Now, the, the downside is if, if he's not in rhythm, you, you know, when do you go a different direction? And that's the hard thing, but, but Jordan has put together a tremendous body of work here with the Utah Jazz. There's no question about it. He's, he's earned the respect of – he already had the respect of everybody in the league, but it's, it's elevated. It's elevated. But that's part of what makes Quinn Snyder great is his ability to read a player, his ability to then put that player in a situation where the player can be the most successful to help the team. So I'm curious what you think because the playoff is about stars. And sometimes when it's happening right in front of you, A, you don't notice. B, you don't want to say it out loud because it sounds outrageous and you sound like a total homer. And maybe you sound like an idiot to some people. But has Donovan Mitchell hit a whole other level of stardom that can't dis- be dismissed by the bubble, can't be dismissed really by anything? He's just he's there, and what he did in Game 5 is something he's going to do. Nobody does it every night, but he's going to do it on a semi-regular basis, and people should fear him the way they fear other big-time stars around the league. Can the Jazz hop on his back? Here's what I'll say. Obviously, Game 5 was – I mean, Donovan has put together some incredible performances this season in the playoffs and and in the regular season. After he sat Game 1 – and, you know, he's coming back with major pressure. The team lost game one. He didn't play. There, you know, there was questions on what transpired. That's a lot of pressure. He came back that next game in game two and went off. He completely went off. That's hard to do for a couple of reasons. N- number one, the pressure is ratcheted up. And, and number two, he hadn't played live reps in, I, I, you guys can tell me, in, in weeks. So it's very difficult to – you know, basketball players, we all know, sometimes to get into a rhythm, you, you have to have a few games under your belt. Look at the Lakers. Look at LeBron and AD. Those guys missed a lot of games, and, and as great as they are, they were never fully able to recapture their rhythm. Donovan came back and got into rhythm quickly, okay? Um, <clears throat> he's still a young star. He's still a young star. But, but I'll tell you this, we worked him out at the Lakers the year he came out in the draft. We worked him out. Everyone was incredibly impressed with him. The, the crazy thing is, 
at the time, everyone was projecting him, you know, to, to, to go later in the draft. And so when the Jazz took Donovan Mitchell, I mean, I, I was personally curious because I was hoping we would find a way to trade up to get another pick to not only take Lonzo Ball, but to take Donovan Mitchell as well. So what did you see him? You saw him as a mid-first-round pick? Is that what you're saying? Well, well the thing is, I, I think his workout was so impressive. You know, I, we were just all incredibly impressed w- w- with him. Um, you know, some players come in out of shape. They, they don't shoot the ball well, you, you know. Donovan came in in phenomenal shape. He shot the ball incredibly well. And, you know, when you're on the coaching side, you're so busy during the season that you don't really go out. You don't go out and you watch. You don't scout. You know, and so I think you just don't know. Was it a one-off? Did he just shoot the ball so well, this one workout in L.A. with, you know, really no one else in the gym? You know, is, is he a guy that's a great workout guy, or can he, can he have it translate over to the game? These are the things you don't know going through the draft process. And, again, all those things are above my pay grade because I was on the coaching staff, not, not the management side. But I, I, I think, you know, I was happy the Lakers brought him in and worked him out, and he impressed, mainly because of his shooting and his professionalism. We're joined right now by Mark Manson, UVU men's basketball head coach. You got the Nuggets or the Suns? That's right. I'm taking them two series at a time. You see where I'm going here? <laughs> I'll go with the Nuggets, you know, only because of, you know, the, the Joker, Jokic. I think he's just, he's a, he's a matchup nightmare. I, I think it's so all going Nuggets, um, but I think, I think it'll go at least six games. As I look at this series with the Clippers and Mavs, obviously it goes to the limit and a lot of pressure, a lot of intensity. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard each average uh, 40-plus minutes a game, so they're playing a ton. That's a lot of minutes. Do you have any concern or maybe the Jazz can benefit if this series go long that uh, one of these or both of these guys run out of gas a little bit? That, you know, 40 minutes is a lot of minutes to play. Those guys are getting beat up. They're carrying a big load. Um, obviously, they didn't get much rest between yesterday's game and I think, um, you know, obviously the start of the Jazz series. But the, the thing the thing the Jazz has to be wary of is, and, and this happens every year, sometimes the top teams finish their series early, like the Utah Jazz did with Memphis. And so the Jazz right now are getting rest, you know, but, you know, are they falling out of rhythm? And I only say that because it happened to us at the Lakers. We, we hadn't lost a playoff game at all in 2001, and, and we're getting ready to play in the NBA Finals. Being undefeated in the playoffs, which you know, has rarely, if ever, been done. Philadelphia with Allen Iverson, in contrast, they were going to Game 7 every single series. And so they, they had two days of rest, you know, something minuscule, two or three days of rest. They fly to L.A. We had been resting for two weeks, it felt like. Phil Jackson at one point had given us two days off in the playoffs. I can't remember if it was during the finals or the series before. So we're rested. You know, we're feeling confident. They came in and they beat us in game one in the Staples Center. Probably because they were in the trenches fighting. They, they were in rhythm. They, they, were, they were just in rhythm. And we had been on rest for, for a week or ten days. They beat us. You know, and so that's what the Jazz have to be wary of is the Clippers have been fighting and – the Jazz have had the opportunity to rest. Look, we all know there's pros and cons to both, but, but that, I think that played out a little bit when Memphis stole game one from the Jazz. The Jazz had, had been on rest. 
and Memphis had the playing game. So we've been through all of this. You've got the Jazz beating the Clippers, right? I do. And you've got the Nuggets. So you got a Jazz Nuggets Western Conference Final. Yikes. Uh, who have you got coming out of the East? The, the, the East, <clears throat> you know, I, I haven't quite formulated my, my, my thought on that yet. You know, I, I don't know. The, the East is more of a toss-up. I haven't seen those guys as much yeah. this season. Living on this side of the country, that's the way it works. So from the college perspective, Mark, this has got to be a crazy summer. We know with football that recruiting is open and guys can be on campus visits. Now with you guys in college basketball, the transfer portal is just outrageous. Coach Krzyzewski's talking about it, and, and as he's getting ready to retire, it's it's so, I don't know if controversial is the right word, but anyway, it's out there, and I know you guys have put out a press release. you got to transfer. You may get, may or may not get more. But for you particularly, uh, going forward here in June, What's the summer going to be like as far as as you uh, juggle all these things and uh, recruiting and your summer camps? I know you want to talk about the camps and all this stuff. How's all, all of this going to play out for you guys at Utah Valley? Well, it's college basketball is, is free agency now. It's, I joke with some guys that have NBA experience, and they say the only difference between the NBA and college is that in the NBA you can actually – put someone under contract and know that you're going to have them for three years yeah. in college. This is a, this is a year by year free agency. It, it feels like, and you, you know, sometimes as a coach, it, it presents some challenges because you want to build continuity, but I think it's good for the players uh, for, for the most part. I think it's really good for the players because it gives the players freedom to explore what's best for them. Um, and so I'm always going to, on the side of what's good for the players. Um, now, the, the only downside for the players is this. I mean, sometimes if, if you can transfer so easily, you never go through those difficult moments with teammates, with a head coach, with, with a program, because you're just out of there. Hey, I'm out of here. It's, I, I don't like X, Y, or Z. I'm out. You know, and, and, and there's, I think, some drawbacks from a personal development standpoint, just how easy it is to go. But when it's all said and done, I'm happy the players have the freedom. And I think it's good for the players. Um, you know, we do have our individual camp coming up next week. And, you know, I'll just give a little plug for it. It's, it, it's, it was awesome two years ago. And all that information is on com, Or I put a little link in my social media bios for that. So if anyone is looking for a great summer camp for kids and youth, um, please check us out. But, um, but yeah, I mean, Co- Coach K retired. I think we all thought Coach K was going to stay in the game. I mean, you feel like he's going to be there forever, and he's out. Um, but I think college basketball is still in a great place, uh, even with all the changing landscape of it. So your camps, boys and girls, uh, ages what? Yeah, but boys and girls really um, kind of the third, fourth grade, all the way up to senior in high school. And so that's kind of next week, and and that's a great chance to learn skill, to come out to have some fun. We also have a very – we have an elite camp later in the month for guys that are that, – that's a men's only camp that's for hardcore players that, that want to be – that want to get to know us more. Guys of, like, my ability then, what are you saying? We got your spot reserved. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Next time you talk to Dennis Lindsay, ask him about PK's buzzer beating hook shot. <laughs> It was, it was it was absolutely Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Peek over the right shoulder, swing left, hook right, splash, and then he literally ran to the door and ran out the tunnel. There's a little <laughs> Bo Jackson mixed into it. I love it. you got to have the flair to it, but that, that's an unblockable shot right there. <laughs> get, get that one over Gobert. Hey, you get that over Gobert, you, you know it's real. <laughs> he trains. I defend him, and I've got a broom that I hold up in the air. That's how he's getting ready for the one-on-one with Rudy Gobert, which will be pay-per-view, by the way, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> right. All right, Mark, we appreciate the time. Good luck with the camps. Good luck with the transfer portal, and uh, we'll see how your picks go. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Take care. Okay, Mark Madsen, the former Laker, now the UVU men's basketball head coach. What do you say? Go UVU.com if you want to join his uh, camp. Yeah, check out, check out the school website. That's how you get to uh, – that's the best way to get to Next week for kids and then camps. down later on in the month for uh, yep. a higher-level player. Go UVU.com. Go UVU.com. It's good to see them uh, – be good to see them – Continue to get better and be a be a force in the whack. It only adds to it. More teams, more tournaments, more tournament births. Give your antelopes some competition. Yeah, yeah. Give Grand Canyon. Yeah, Grand Canyon. Uh, uh, they're they're a good program. I did I did attend Grand Canyon College. It was at the time huge huge uh, jump that they've made over the years. That's for sure. Because it used to be a NAIA back in my day. They always had a good baseball program. Uh, but now basketball. Just because there were a few players, <laughs> a few players in Arizona to scoop up. Well, in the weather. Yeah. Uh, they sent guys to the uh, big league. Tim Salmon played for the Angels yep. when they won the World Series. Yep. He went to Great Canyon. Yeah. All right, there's Mark Madsen. We're going to talk hoops with Steve Cleveland, get his playoff picks coming up 9 o'clock, see what he thinks about the Jazz and Clippers. we got a media member tweeting out gambling odds, and they're different than what you were telling us earlier in the show, PK. So we will we'll dive into that next. DJ and PK, what are the gamblers, people putting money on it, what are they saying about the Jazz? What are they saying about the Clippers and the Suns and the Nuggets? And we'll do that next. Stay with us. For the Utah Jazz. Get out of the way. Round one is done. Got it! As Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, and Mike Conley sent the Grizzlies pack. Donovan! Now it's on to round two as the Jazz make a push to an NBA title. I live for the hunt. to live for it. Won't stop till I get what I want. I don't care what it takes. Yo, Ingle! Jordan Clarkson! Hear every second of every moment of Utah Jazz playoff basketball. It's all about survival. Right here on your exclusive home of the Jazz. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The Zone Sports Network. Flex, Rudy, flex! DJ PK brought you apart by Davis Vision. The Davis Vision Summer LASIK Sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses and save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call them today at 801-253-2080. That's Davis Vision. So you mentioned earlier in the show, yeah. you saw some gamblers' odds, gambling odds, where, I don't know, Vegas, Mesquite, wherever you were. It's like MGM something. Okay. So uh, what were they? I don't remember now, but I just You don't remember the number, but who was the favorite? Was it for a series or to go to the NBA Finals? Well, I had seen earlier the Jazz to get out of the West, and then in this particular series, so both. Okay. So do they have the Jazz as the favorite? Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, Andy Larson at the Trib has just tweeted out, I can't go to the website. 
Uh, I'm just going to assume he got it right here. Bovada's Western Conference champion odds. Jazz plus 125. So if you, have to, if you bet 100, I guess you win 125 bucks. Clippers plus 220. Phoenix plus 300. Denver plus 800. The Gamblers running away from the Nuggets. But there it is. Jazz. Yeah. Favor to go to the NBA Finals. Yeah, they are. It's like you said at the uh, top of the 7 o'clock hour. Here it is. Pressure's on. Now it gets juicy. Grizzlies, not juicies. Uh, that's just expected. You're one, they're eight. You're supposed to take them out. They got no playoff experience. So That, you that, did, that was dog bites man. Yeah. You did what you were supposed to do. Congrats. Now you've had a couple days off. Now it gears up. Because Kawhi Leonard, championship pedigree. Two trophies. And he played like a champion in the first round. Shooting 62% for a series is outrageous. This is a marquee playoff series still remaining in the playoffs right now. Yes. And that is why they're playing Saturday night at 6.30 on ABC, network TV. Only game going. It's getting spotlighted. It's not getting buried at... No, no. Yeah. It's not getting buried at 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning. Yeah, I'm That's where game one was yesterday for Atlanta and Philly. Completely geeked for this series. I hate the freaking Clippers. Thanks, David. <laughs> I hate the freaking Clippers. They're LA, that's good enough. I mean, they're barely LA. Especially now, Bill Platschke is saying that they're resilient and deep and this and that. He's just totally disrespected. The freaking thing hasn't even started him. I mean, it's, it's, it's not even 12 hours, basically. And, and, and right now, we're getting all sorts of disrespect heaped our way. I've had it up to here. I'm <laughs> done with it. Okay. This ball club had the best record, two All-Stars, three All-Stars, dare I say four. Probably well, I shouldn't if I want to be should. accurate. Thank you. And being trained by Walter himself. If I'm Jazz fans, not, I'm fired up. trained by Walter himself. How many classes did you take from Walter Cronkite? No, one of the professors, Walter Kemp. Okay. <laughs> Walter Davis. Walter Davis. Give me fair Walters. <laughs> Come on. This whole thing here, man. If I'm Jazz, I'm irritated. All right. Troy, one of our callers just called in and said the Jazz are minus 135 favorites to beat the Clippers. Yeah. There it is. So you get a bet of 135 bucks to win 100? Is that Correct. how that works? Okay. So how dare he come out here and say that how they're geez. going to how the finals? How dare he? Yeah. You mean Jim, Jim Plasky, <laughs> Bill Plasky. So dismissive. Jeez. When are we going to get respect? When you get there, and not a second sooner. Well, then why did the Clippers get it now? They haven't gotten there. Because Kawhi Leonard has been there. Oh, BFD. That's yeah, That's and the so, reason. And that so he wrote an East, a weak East conference and then had all sorts of injuries to uh, the Warriors. And then he was on the team with Timmy D. Come Duncan, on. Ginobili, and Parker got their last title, and Kawhi Leonard was there. <laughs> That's... Like Mike Smirk. Did he get a title when he was with the Lakers? <laughs> Who is that tall dude Chuck who barely played? Nevitt. Chuck Nevitt. Thank you. <laughs> Chuck Nevitt's got rings and Charles Barkley doesn't. Which Chuck is better? <laughs> I knew you were going to go to Chuck Nevitt. <laughs> I couldn't. I didn't even think, I couldn't even think of his name. Well, but, we, but we all, but we all see him. Towel draped across his shoulder, standing in the end. He had a stash. Yeah. 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 All right, let's go, guys. <laughs> go get him. 
Yeah. So all he did is do is block views of people sitting behind him. Uh, come on. Why, why would I give, give the Clippers all sorts of respect and not the Jazz? Kawhi Leonard. That's it. And, and the Jazz went out in seven. I mean, they've gone out in the first round two years in a row. And so people the Clippers expect- did that too. Clippers went out in the second round. They went in seven, I mean. They lost a 3-1. I get that. Yeah, yeah they both blew the three ones to Denver. Doesn't matter. And the people who put money on it, who are the ultimate? They're going with the Jazz. Yeah, so why would you just summarily dismiss the Jazz here? The credibility of the Jazz Because you're sitting in L.A. State. watching the Clippers. Because Plashke is watching the Clippers. That's why. Well, then turn the channel. <laughs> well, you got me there. It's not like in the old days when games, most games aren't even on television or tape delayed. <laughs> Come on, everything's available here. This is their opportunity to really establish who they are and their greatness. That's what this series represents. Because if they lose, it's going to be a See? roundhouse country, literally spread across it I told you so So what happens see, if you what happens if the Jazz Mr. I see the future what happens if the Jazz throw themselves all into this win a long series which is what the Clippers seem to play right the Leonard has been there for three playoff series with Paul George and they've all been long series six with the Mavs seven with the Nuggets and now seven with the Mavs Right. So, long series, just totally throw themselves into it. They're exhausted. They win it, but they lose in the next round. I don't worry about that then. But I do think, <laughs> I, I think that this series establishes their realism, their, true, their truth. They will get respect for winning this series. Yeah. No matter what happens after that. It was like, okay, that was a good win. It, yes. Now, you got to do more. You got very little respect <clears throat> for beating the Grizzlies. Supposed to beat them. You basically this, swept them. Everybody yeah. views it as a sweep. Once you got Mitchell back. Yes. You, and I did see people sitting on national TV say that. Yeah, they lost the game, but Mitchell didn't play. Right. And once he came back, you barely even trailed. I mean, it was almost wire to wire in all four of those games. Sorry, Watchdog guy. They dominated that series. No, I don't want to get into that. <laughs> Let them have that fun. <laughs> I just, I'm not a Homer announcer was right. I'm not a hundred. <laughs> stop. <laughs> just stop. I'm not a hundred percent in with you on the Jazz will get a lot of credit if they win this series. What you, oh, you're, I think they do. You're the king. You're the king of this, and you're going against yourself here. And I'm with the first version of you, not this second version of you. It depends on what the series looks you. like. Oh, my well, Sybil here a little bit. Yeah, everybody knows you would say that. That's true. I think the Clippers are a representative team. I picked the Clippers to win it last year. Obviously, I was wrong. Uh, I think people lo- looked at their lineup this year and say, this, this is in the most talented roster in the West. I think a lot of people think that. So, all sorts of credibility. You beat the Clippers. Now, it's the, the Jazz aren't going to go crazy. They beat the Clippers. They're not dropping balloons. And and their, their reaction after the game, after the series, if it should come to that and they win, is going to be very similar to what it was in the first round. Congratulations. Uh, you, You'd be happy. You guys played as tough. Uh, yeah. 
appreciate it. You know, a little sportsmanship at the end. But I don't think you're going to see anything unless it's, you know, if it's if it's a swish uh, Damian Lillard style to send a team <laughs> out. You know what I mean? Okay, so if Donovan hits something from 35 feet yeah. and then waves goodbye? Well, you can get that in a regular season, some humdrum game, and... If it's something, well, like, remember when Bogey hit yeah, that the, shot the in team, Houston, they went nuts. Yeah, because it's the moment, right? In the that moment, was a crazy shot, right? And, and I get all that. And he did it the same thing. He beat Milwaukee but if they earlier win in the game year. six or game seven, and they win by six or seven points. I don't think you're going to see that much be, emotion. It'll, it'll be gonna, Steve. It'll be Steve. Uh, Steve Clarkey. What? Handshakes and high fives all around. And that's going to be just yeah. about it. As and opposed then, to people jumping on scores tables or in each other's arms or something. Yeah, and if it's if it's here, I don't think the crowd is going to go berserk. They're going to be happy. I just I just wonder process. if the and, and you got to see what the games look like and what people's stat lines look like. But I can't sit here this morning and guarantee you if the Jazz win that Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert and whoever else goes off are going to have a whole new. Uh, rep across the country. I think they are. Because there's a chance it'll be, my gosh, Paul George shot 22%. Kawhi just couldn't sustain 60%. He can't do this by himself. No, no I think that's uh, limited. No, you can't go in and, oh, that was a gutty series and they did all this and they're resilient and they have uh, deep... Now, I think part of the deal in reading what I, what I just read here on this uh, column was about it's the jazz and we don't really believe in the jazz. So when you get halfway to the ultimate goal in the West, you're legit. There's no other way. I don't care if Paul George doesn't make a shot, which isn't that's going a, to be the case. That's a good argument because the West has been the better conference for a long time. Yeah. It's been deeper. You know, our eight of the top 12s in the league in the West. There's a lot of years you'll say yes, and this is one of them. And it, it might even be more than eight of the top 12. Yeah. In the East there, Boston was, was winning playoff series last year and the year before. They weren't really that good. We saw it this year. In the West, it's not the case. Jazz win this series, they've established the credibility in the eyes of everyone. I don't want to hear one peep. peep. Not a peep out one of you. One commentator who gives me a yeah but. Their credibility right now is on the line. It is put up or shut up right now. That's the way I view this series. We learn everything we want to learn about the Jazz in this series, if we needed stuff to be learned. Some people do, some people don't. Well, I guess the people who are down there on those Vegas uh, odds going crazy, dropping large amounts of cash, you would say that they don't need anything. Exactly. I don't need anything. I've been saying for weeks that I expect this team to get to the Western Conference Final, and I expect this team to get to the NBA Final. I don't need yeah buts, and I don't need anything. I believe in his team. I've been saying it. I've been saying it for weeks. And I believe what Ryan Smith has been saying. They're just getting started. Nice. Because they take care of biz, which I believe they will. I believe they'll get to the NBA Finals. Does it matter to you if Conley plays? Will they win this series if if Mike Conley misses? I, I don't even know. Two, four games, whatever. In the end, no. They'll win either way. I want him back, obviously. Sure. Clearly. But we've seen Joe Ingles a thousand times elevate his right. game. Right. 
And Locke brought up the whole two weeks is the least time he's missed. So if he misses two weeks... Well, that's the series. Well, except that it starts from walking off the floor in game one on Wednesday. So a week into okay, it... that's the guts of the series. It, it could be. But he could also be coming back and it's 2-2. And really, the long series just wouldn't surprise me. I, I don't oh, see, sure. I don't see why it would surprise anyone. I there mean, may be people out there what, picking the same to end in five, but we've been saying how deep the West is. We've been saying how competitive the West is. So and, I, and it was. I, I know. And Jazz I expect, were the only ones to go in five, right? And that's why, right? And that's why I expect a competitive series and I expect this thing to go deep. Yeah. Well, no, no reason to expect otherwise now. I don't think. I mean, we, no. I mean, I want my, I want Mike playing. There's no question about it, but. I'm sort of glad Joe couldn't uh, throw it in the ocean in the first round. Law of numbers, people. It, he's even if you argue, oh, he regular season Joe is better than playoff Joe. I'll give you that argument if you want it. But well, I think that's true. But he's not falling off the face of the earth in that, the postseason. That's also true. I mean, I've I've heard so this he's going to respond. I've heard this argument enough. I've gone back and looked at the numbers to make sure I'm not misremembering, in the words of Roger Clemens. And he's not. He's a 38 percent three point shooter across essentially a half a season's worth of games. He's been in the playoffs four years. Now this is five, right? So this is going to be his what? He's seven going into his eighth playoff series. Now 38 percent in the regular season. I usually think Joe's going to shoot between 42 and 45 percent in a regular season. But you're playing better teams. You don't get to light up, you know, the bottom of the league because they're not in the playoffs. So that all makes sense to me. It, I don't even think he had a bad series just going from the scoring angle, which is I know is what most people are looking at. If you go back and look what he did in the first two games, that's kind of what I think you expect and want out of Joe. Eleven points one night, fourteen another. That's on track with who he should be if this team's at full strength playing a good game. He gets a shot here, he gets a shot there, he's going to knock him down. He fools somebody with that okey-doke on, the, uh, on a drive, show the ball like you're going to throw it to a Gobert and then pull it back and lay it in, hits an open corner three, that's what you expect. Now these last three games, he scored a grand total of five points. Good. That's to your law of numbers thing. Well, he ought to be getting back to who he, he is. He will. And plus, he's a Paul George irritant. So he's a PG-13 <laughs> irritant that turns into R-rated. Bring your earmuffs for your kids if you should be able to be fortunate enough to sit close. Does Paul George get the cold sweats seeing Joe Ingles coming? Or he's had lots of bad playoff series and he doesn't really associate it with Joe. Oh, but we he's not thinking about that now because he's thinking he's back or yeah. he's ready to go. And Joe is going to get in his, under what? What's the phrase? Under in his, his head, head, I guess. In his head. Yeah. In his under face. Under his skin. Yeah. You just wait and see. Hmm. <laughs> All right, DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Got more of your feedback coming up. We got a lot of people hitting us up on social media with their takes on the series, what they're worried about with the Clippers. We will get to that next. And we've got Steve Cleveland coming up at the top of the hour. He's about 15 minutes away. Stay with us. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson.
general manager of the Utah Jazz, Justin Zanuck. Quinn said this is a different team than a year ago. What's different about it? Obviously, a lot of different events last year forced us to learn some hard lessons, whether it's accomplishing what we did in the bubble and not getting to where we wanted. Having Jordan for a couple training camps, Boyan's return from injury, Mike getting acclimated and getting to know us and us adjusting to him. All those things just took a little time. And the character of the group, the resiliency of the group, had a lot of challenges this year and had some really good responses from those where maybe a less experienced team would have been a little more rattled and they've come through great this year. So really proud of them and the growth they've shown. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7 presented by Big O' Tires. The team you trust on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. And now, your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend. Leonard against Marjanovic, far side corner, baseline drive to the rim. Kawhi Leonard! A building breaking jam! Another one from Kawhi at Porzingis to the poster list. There's the Chevy Strong play of the game. Kawhi Leonard carrying the Clippers into the second round. Noah, today, 450 on the big show, and you can win fabulous prizes. Coming up, Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, is going to join us in just a few minutes. We've got a lot of people tweeting at us this morning about the question of the morning. What worries you? What concerns you about the Jazz and the Clippers? And Bryce is nothing. Jazz in six. Going to L.A., wrapping it up on their floor. Fine. What, what did they have, like 7,000, 10,000 there yesterday? Is that what it was? 7,000. Yeah. And we're going to have 18,442 or whatever it is. I don't know. You know what it is. 18,306. <laughs> I knew you knew. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, place is going to be electric. It'll be a beautiful evening tomorrow. Everybody will be out on the plaza beforehand. It's just going to be exciting. It's going to be the place to be. Right? We'd all agree with that. Right here in this building tomorrow. going to be going. The guys are going to be jacked. Mitchell is a big-time player. Whatever Kawhi Leonard can do, Mitchell can do. Sweet. Then he can win it all. Hoist the trophy. Well, I don't know that was... I guess he was in Toronto. He was the player. Yeah. But I still think he took it... And it's not, no knock. He took advantage of the injury to uh, the Warriors. Des- okay, but this, de- has, been, this has been a year full of injuries, so you can just pick... I don't know. Maybe you want to pick Harden's injury. Maybe you just want Fine. to look at what's happened to the Lakers. But I, I, don't want, I don't want to discount what Kawhi Leonard has achieved. because That's not fair to him. But I believe Mitchell can do the same. I, I just think... He's got it. I'm a huge fan of his clutchness, his moxie, his attitude out on the floor. Mitch says, I'm concerned by Kawhi, and they can switch everything like Houston used to do. They go small, and we can't punish them for it. Why why not? Well thinks they haven't in the past, and you think Conley would be part of punishing them for it. If they're switching, he can take people off the dribble, just win his one-on-one matchup. And he and Donovan, that'd give the Jazz a, a couple guys who can do it. Well, if you go small from the Clipper perspective, then I got to go bare to rebound. And throw alley-oops, too. And get second chances. And third chances. <laughs> just playing volleyball up above everybody's head. 
Hated that. Well, that could happen. I mean, it's just, you did, Quinn Snyder yesterday, I listened to, I got on, as I always do, get on his Zoom call yesterday at like 5.15, and we were eating dinner, so I said to the fam, sorry, I got, I'm listening to this, mm-hmm. so I had the phone on the table, <laughs> and as we're eating dinner, <laughs> we're listening to it, and they could hear it, uh, and it's like, all right, well, you know, it's basically, uh, uh, you give up something to get something, yep. well, in that positive, and getting something, you give up something, so it's a Clipper perspective, too, they can go as small as they want, but they're going to give up something, it's not like you're going to go small, and there's no disadvantage to it, because if there wasn't any disadvantage to it, there wouldn't be any question, are you going to go small? Of course you would, if you have nothing that you're going to lose from it. And there wouldn't be any drama around it, and then it would be viewed as the Jazz Grizzlies series. And what's true, what he's saying about himself, is also true about them. And he knows they're going to do the same thing he's going to do, because he went on to talk about, you're playing the percentages, and it doesn't always work. If something's going to work two times out of three, he'll do it, and if that gets you up two games to one, you'll take it. Right. Two out of three. If you got a seventy-five percent chance to be successful, you're going to do it. Yeah, of you're course. Just screwing around. You're not messing up the math. You're doing it on purpose for comedy's sake. What are you talking about? That's See, a high percentage you opportunity. Don't always. You don't. Sometimes I know where you're going, and this is one of those examples. Well, we know where I'm going. He double toothpicks. But I mean, that's uh, you know, what are you going to do there? That's for the big guy to decide. And I think uh, you know, my fate is sealed there. I've accepted it. I'm going to make the best of it when I get there. All right. That's why I moved to Phoenix so I could be used to the heat. When we come back, free association with Steve Cleveland. Get myself prepared, you know, kind of like college prep. Our basketball insider, Steve Cleveland, next. We'll get his thoughts on the second round. Stay with us.